warriors. Amen. Amen. I believe one of the things we will do in this series that uh, we will have to do some of them in the discussion format. Because there's a lot to cover and the time we have here is not enough to go through all the things that we need to do. So in our Bible studies or sometimes in our group studies, we can bring this and go in depth into it. Hallelujah. One of the things I want you to notice is that the psalmists are full of prayers. Amen. They are full of what? Prayers. I have observed that the New Covenant believers like to pray from the psalmist. And there's nothing wrong with that. Amen. The, the, if so many times, or even so men of God, if, if they were to put you into fasting, they'll give you some, for example, let's say Psalm 37. If you are going through some spiritual issues, they will say do three days fasting, seven days fasting, read Psalms. 37 or 35. Amen. The average new covenant doesn't have understanding of the prayers in the new covenant. They are very used to the prayers in the old covenant. And I believe that's the reason why they don't get results in prayers. Hallelujah. Even to the point that the writings of the prayers of the psalmist are used in different ways. In fact, there was one time we had a story about a man who went to visit a, a man for spiritual diabolical help. And that they made a charm for him, a talisman. And in his curiosity, he said, let me open and find out what is inside there, what is wrapped inside this thing. When he opened it, it was Psalm 23 that was written inside a piece of paper. He said, ah, if it was Psalm 23, why would I waste my time to go and do all of this? I have Psalm 23 in my Bible. Hallelujah. Now, you will notice that the prayers of the psalmist has been used diabolically. It has been used in so many ways. Praise the Lord. Now, for example... In Psalms 53, this, this is just the foundation. Please listen. I just want to highlight on certain things and then we'll move to. Psalms 23, uh, sorry, Psalms 51 is a prayer so many believers, they still pray that prayer today. So many new covenant prayers, uh, believers, they pray Psalms 51 today. Have mercy on me, O Lord, according to the 11 kindness. According unto the body of that tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. One time a woman came to me for prayers. And, you know, because she wanted to be married. She said, Pastor, before you pray, I'm coming. Then she opened her Bible to Psalm 51. And went through it. Because she wanted to be pure, she wanted a pure heart, she wanted a clean heart, a clean spirit before I offered those prayers. Because she didn't believe that she was pure, she didn't believe that her heart was clean. Uh, she was praying Psalms 51 for God to forgive her all her sins, blot out all her transgressions before we pray. Hallelujah. 
It's, it's interesting. These prayers are still prayed in the new covenant. We are in the new covenant, but you find the new covenant praying these prayers. Now, the truth is that as a new covenant believer, you have no business praying this prayer. It is no longer part of you. Hallelujah. Your transgressions have been blotted out. Amen. Your sins have been forgiven once and for all. You are seated with Christ Jesus in heavenly places. Amen. Amen. So you can't pray Psalms 51 and expect to get answers. Praise the Lord. I'm using Psalms 51 as an example. There are other ones there that you can't pray them and expect to get answers. They are no longer meant for you. That dispensation has passed. Hallelujah. That dispensation has what? Has passed. You are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Christ is your righteousness. Christ is your holiness. You have been washed. You have been cleansed. You have been sanctified. Hallelujah. You can enter into the holiness of all. You can enter into the throne of grace. To obtain what? Grace and mercy. To help in time of need. Praise the Lord. So in this dispensation, one of the things that we need to watch carefully is that it seems most new covenant believers have more, they, they like to pray from the psalmist. There are some prayers in the psalmist that is grace-based. Let me use it that way. Grace-based. Amen? There are prayers in the psalmist that are what? Grace-based. There are some that are not meant for you. Praise the Lord. So when you are reading the Bible, read the Bible to determine which one is this dispensation, which one was in the old dispensation. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Alright. Now, last Sunday we said something. That we were created for God's pleasure. We were created for what? God's what? God's pleasure. And the time, one of the times that the Lord get pleasure from us is in our prayer time. Amen? It is in our prayer time that this is one of those times that God, the Almighty, the Father, Himself, gets pleasure from us. Praise the Lord. So we are to give God pleasure and we do that in prayers. Amen. Now, I would like to also add this. There's nothing wrong asking God for things. It's just that that type of prayer is meant for babies in the Lord. That type of prayer is meant for those with little faith. Those with little faith, their focus in prayer is, Lord, give me this. Lord, give me a husband. Lord, give me a child. Lord, give me a house. Lord, give me this. Those are prayers for little faith. Because in Matthew chapter 6, the Lord said it, that look at the lilies of the field, the grass of the field, look at the fowls of the air. They don't, have ever seen a fowl going to farm? <laughs> it says, it is rainy season, I'm going to plant. Have you ever seen a, a fowl doing that? No, yet they eat 24-7, is that not it? The, your, and the Lord said that, how much more shall your father clothe you or feed you? Are you not better than the fowls of the air? Are you not better than the lilies of the field? He said, O ye of little faith. He said that. 
So little faith is the reason for action. Little faith is the reason you are always asking like children. Children are always asking, they want to receive. They want to receive. Yesterday I watched one funny video. Little children, their parents gave them food and when you try to touch it, the way they react, the reaction was so funny. It's like, don't touch my food. <laughs> Amen. So there's nothing wrong with that. And in the Bible, there, there are provisions in the Bible for us to pray and receive. But if you want to grow, if you want to advance in prayers, these are things you have to outgrow them and focus on kingdom priorities. Praise the Lord. Focus on what? Kingdom priorities. Those are the prayers the Lord wants us to pray. Hallelujah. But because we have levels of faith, not everybody is operating in that same level. You can still go before God and ask for material things. Hallelujah. But I know men and women of God today that are super blessed, super prosperous. They don't have prayer points. It's not that they start praying, they start asking God for material things. That they've, When they gave their life to Christ, they have no opportunity to ask for material things. They were just committed to kingdom cause. They were just committed to what? You will hear men say, you, for example, my father in the Lord, uh, Bishop David Paul said, he has never prayed for a car, never prayed for a house. Never, never prayed for money. That, no prayer point. Say that, Lord, give me money, Lord, give me a house, Lord, give me this. Yet, the richest among them all. The richest among them all. So we are, there is a place in God to stand. There's a place in prayer to stand. When you stand in that place, you all these things that others are fasting and praying for, it is automatic. It will be added to you. You have no need to be fasting for money, fasting for job, fasting for all. You have no need for all of that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That is the easiest way to get your things, your material needs. Align yourself with kingdom prayers. Praise the Lord. Now, it, it was also interesting to know, I told you this last week. Luke chapter 11 verse 13. Jesus was talking about, instead of asking for eggs, instead of asking for fish, instead of asking for bread, ask for the Holy Ghost in prayers. Hallelujah. Ask for the infilling of the Holy Ghost in prayers. Because a man who is truly full of the Holy Ghost will never have time to pray for material things. Because those things will be added to you. Once you are filled with the Holy Ghost the way you should be filled, these material things, they are triggered automatically into your life. In other words, when you are full of the Holy Ghost the way you should be, you attract material things. Let me put it that way. That will help you. Praise the Lord. You attract material things when you are truly filled with the Holy Ghost the way you should be filled. Unfortunately, most believers will not get filled with the Holy Ghost. So when they come to a point where they are looking for material things, they are looking to become, they want to break through they want their career to break to them. They start faltering. They start going the other way. They start compromising. They start doing shortcuts. 
because the dimension of the Holy Ghost that is required for that visibility is missing. Amen. The dimension of the Holy Ghost, that is what? That is required for that visibility is missing. And that's what Christians, a lot of Christians have compromised. They have put their hands into demonic things. They have touched the untouchable. They have touched abominable things. Because they want to break through at all costs. But the price for their breakthrough is the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That they should be filled with the fullness of Him. They are not. Remember the scripture says, of His fullness, we have received what? Grace for grace. Of His fullness. So every believer must be full of Christ. You must be full of the presence of Christ. You must be full of the Spirit of Christ. Hallelujah. Let me give you this example. We are still on the foundational side of this message. Praise the Lord. I haven't started preaching yet. <laughs> Let's go to Luke chapter 4. Luke gospel chapter 4. Pay attention to this. It will help you. Now, Luke chapter 4 verse 1. And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Jesus was full of what? The Holy Spirit. If it was you and I who will be celebrating this feast, full of the Holy Ghost, ah, that's the ministry has started. <laughs> full of the Holy Ghost, that's the business must start now. Career, everything must start now. But no, this was just initial stages for Jesus because of the work that he was going to do. Jesus, full of the Holy Ghost, was now led to another dimension of the Holy Ghost in the wilderness. Did you see that? In, in, in Luke chapter 11, verse 13, how much more shall your Heavenly Father give the Holy Ghost to those who ask? Now, we are seeing that in Luke chapter 3, Jesus was baptized. He was baptized in Luke chapter 3. When he came out of River Jordan, he was full of the Holy Ghost. You would think that is enough for him to start his ministry. No. He was led by the Spirit to, into the what? Into wilderness for another dimension of the Spirit. So here we see Jesus laid the foundation for us in prayers. He was baptized, then he was full of the Holy Ghost. Then he moved to the next stage. And the next stage was that he returned from the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. Hallelujah. The same Luke chapter 4. Let me show you. Luke chapter 4. Verse 14. After being full of the Holy Ghost, he was led into the wilderness. The Father left him there for him to sort things out with the devil. For him to show the devil what he is made of. Hallelujah. <laughs> you know, when the devil came to the first man, Adam, there was no man. Just one small talk. Did God say you should not eat? Ah! They opened their mouth wide and started vomiting. 
Praying that they shouldn't have sent to him. Verse 14. And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. So you see the difference? So he was full of the Holy Ghost. He did not start his ministry. No. He did not. If Jesus had started his ministry just being full of the Holy Ghost in these stages, Jesus would have failed. No. He would have failed. He has to go into the wilderness to prove the reality of the infilling of the Holy Ghost to pass that test. So the devil came against it. All the temptations. The first Adam only received one temptation. He fell down. Fell flat. The second Adam, look at the temptation he received. Verse 4. Look at what the devil told him. If you are the son of God, verse 3, command that these stones be made bread. Be made what? Bread. Remember Luke 11, verse 13? If any of you ask for bread, would your father give you stones? Look at the first temptation Jesus received from the devil. The temptation of what? Bread. So you will notice that as a believer, if you want to be free from temptations, lose sight of material things. Lose sight of what? Lose sight of material things. These things will come to you naturally. You see that Jesus was tempted here with what? Bread. What to eat? With what to eat? Now in verse 5, and the devil taking me up into a hard mountain, showing him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said unto him, All this power will I give thee, and the glory of them, for that is delivered unto me to whomsoever I will. Now, because he couldn't get Jesus in the area of bread, in the area of physical need, he now introduced power. I want to make you famous. And that is where most believers too have fallen. Because they want to be famous, they want power, they want their career to spread abroad, they have compromised by seeking demonic powers. They have what? They have compromised by seeking demonic powers. Verse 7 says, If thou will worship me, all this shall be yours. Yet, Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. But see what the devil was telling him. If you want to be famous, if you want to be seen overnight, if you want to become a celebrity, if you want social media to go haywire for you, if you want everybody to be singing your praises, just bow down and worship me. Yet, Jesus was full of the Holy Ghost. Imagine if Jesus was not full of the Holy Ghost, what would have happened during that prayer session? You would have yielded to the temptation of the devil. So Jesus gave us a clue that your greatest need as a new covenant believer is to be filled with the Holy Ghost continuously. To be full of the Holy Ghost. To pray for the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus was trying to say to us. Praise the Lord. Then verse 14, you will notice that after all the temptation has passed, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And then went out a fame of him throughout all regions and about. Now, remember the temptation of verse 5? 
He said, all the kingdoms of this world and the glory of them, all the power has been given to me and I'll give to whosoever I want. When Jesus refused, what happened in verse 14? What happened in verse 14? And Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit into Galilee. And there went out a fame of him through our own regions above. What the devil was trying to deceive him, he got it cheaply, easily. He said, when he returned in the power of the Spirit, his fame went abroad. His fame went abroad. Most believers, most Christians, just as God was about to cause their fame to spread abroad, they put their hand into satanic kingdom to become famous. They put their hand into satanic things in order to, to succeed in whatever they are doing. Because they do not have understanding of the new covenant prayers. Being full of the Holy Ghost doesn't guarantee you visibility. You must not go to the next stage where the Holy Ghost inside you will be put to test. The Holy Ghost will test you in prayers to see where you stand. There are so many today, if God should anoint them, everybody will die. They will kill everybody with the anointing that God has placed upon them. So they have to go to the wilderness for the flesh to die. Then their faith can spread abroad. Hallelujah. Alright. Let's go to, the, to, the, to this message. In Romans chapter 8 verse 26, the Holy Ghost, our greatest need in prayer, our greatest help in prayer. The Holy Ghost is our greatest need in prayer. He is our greatest help in prayer. In other words, you need him, you need to be filled with the Holy Ghost each time you enter into the presence of God, each time you go into prayers. Your number one prayer point should be, Lord, fill me with your spirit. I want to overflow with your spirit. That should be your number one prayer. The same token, the Holy Ghost is your helper in prayers. Now, in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, you will see the word infirmity is used. That word infirmity simply means weaknesses, shortcomings, not having a perfect understanding, not perceiving the will of God, not perceiving the counsel of God. So in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, a believer cannot pray successfully without the help of the Holy Ghost. Without the help of the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost will prompt you to prayers. In fact, it's good to have prayer points. There's nothing wrong with that. But be open to the leading of the Holy Spirit. You can sit down and write your own prayer points. But when you go into the presence of God, allow the Holy Spirit to take over. He will direct you to pray certain ways. That is just different from what you have in mind. Because the scripture said we do not know. Let's go to Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. If we knew what to pray for, the whole world would have been at peace today. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our infirmities. 
For we don't know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit is a naked intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. You see that? We do not know what we should pray for. So this is a clue. The Holy Spirit, the Word of God is giving us. When it comes to prayers, you don't have a perfect understanding what to pray for. Most of times. So when you enter into prayers, you have to allow the Holy Spirit to direct you. That is why the first hour of your prayers should be worship, should be praises, should be thanksgiving. The first aspect of your prayers, the first stages of your prayers should be giving God pleasure. Because you were created for what? His pleasure. Most of times, we come already prepared. Absolute worship, absolute giving God pleasure. Then the Spirit will tell you what to pray for. And then begin to lead you in prayers. The Holy Spirit helps our infirmities, for we do not know the same Romans chapter 8. Watch here. Romans chapter 8, verse 34. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us? Wow. Father, making intercession for us. I don't know whether you are getting something here. Look at verse 26. In for us. Man, this is one of the most powerful verses. Is that he is interceding for us. He is made, if you are not in alignment with the Holy Spirit, I'm sorry for if you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. Now, what is intercession? Intercession means to plead for. To do what of Jesus is what is drawing multitudes into the kingdom. The intercession ministry of Jesus. Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25. Let's Hebrews chapter 7, Lord Mustafa. They are priests who there was no oath attached to it. They just made them priests. Ordained them as priests. But they truly were many priests because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. Verse 34. This man, because he continued forever, had an unchangeable priesthood. Father, interceding for us. And please pay attention. Let's continue the reading. Verse 25, wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Now look at verse 25. Because Jesus is the high priest, he has offered his blood for, the, for, uh, for our sins. The atonement of our sins has been completed. He is able to intercede for those who are not yet in the kingdom. Now I want you to notice here the mind of God in prayers. The mind of God, the number one prayer point that Jesus is praying right now is for those who are where? Uttermost part of the earth. Those who are not yet in the kingdom. Amen? Those who are not yet where? In the kingdom. That is the prayer point of our Lord Jesus Christ right now. 
That is the prayer the Lord Jesus is praying. Now, watch here. Romans chapter 8, verse 34. He is interceding for us. Amen? Jesus is doing what? Interceding for us. Hebrews chapter 7, 25. Jesus is interceding for the unbelievers. For sinners to come into the kingdom. Hallelujah. That is the ministry of Jesus right now. All right. Look at verse 25 again. Romans 7, 25. Wherefore he is able also to save them to the uttermost, to the uttermost that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Amen. Now this is wonderful. Good news. That Jesus is interceding for multitudes, for unbelievers to come into the kingdom. Romans chapter 8 verse 34 Jesus is making intercession for us. Jesus is praying for us. Praise the Lord. Alright. Now, if Jesus is doing all of that for us, why is there a need for the believer to pray? <laughs> Amen. If Jesus is interceding for us, according to Romans chapter 8 verse 34, even he is at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. According to Hebrews chapter 7 verse 25, he is able to save those who are far off, the uttermost, that come to God by him, making intercession for them. If Jesus is doing all of this, why is there a need for we to pray? Why is there a need for prayers? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. This is the most interesting part. This is the most interesting part. Why is there a need? Praise the Lord. Jesus is praying for us. We those who are saved. Romans chapter 8 verse 34. Making intercession for us. Romans chapter 8 verse 26. The Holy Ghost is interceding for us according to the will of God. Hebrews chapter 7 25. He is interceding for those who are lost. The why is there a need for us to pray? Praise the Lord. Why is there a need for us to pray? Hallelujah. The reason why there is a need for us to pray is that the ministry, the, the ministry, prayer of Jesus is incomplete without you and I. Hallelujah. Let me say it again. The ministry, the intercessory ministry of Christ Jesus is incomplete without you and I. Hallelujah. Remember that God cannot legally intervene in the affairs of man. With that man. With that what? With that man. God cannot legally operate here on earth with that man. With that man. That is why, if you go back to the Lord's prayer, Jesus started saying, When you pray, say the template, when you pray, say, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. 
Thy kingdom come. Now, we know that the kingdom has what? Come. Because Jesus has died and what? Resurrected. Thy will be done here on earth as it is where? In heaven. What is the will of God in heaven for humanity? What is the will of God for humanity? What is the will of God for the believer? What is the will of God for those who are not saved? What is the will of God for those who don't know Christ Jesus? What is the will of God for the believer? If you understand this, it will change your prayer life. If you understand this, you will go into prayers asking for what to eat and what to drink. It's for spiritual babies. That will be done here on earth as it is where? In heaven. Now, we know that the will of God is the will of God is being executed in heaven right now by Christ Jesus, who is the great intercessor, interceding for the unbelievers, interceding for the believers. But Jesus gave us a template. You see that? A template of the prayer. The believers should pray, the New Testament believers should pray. Your will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. Hallelujah. It is that will of God being done here on earth that brings us into the intercessory ministry of Christ Jesus. That brings us into the intercessory ministry of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Because if not, then there will be no need for us to pray. Because the Holy Spirit is praying for us. Jesus is praying for us. But because the will of God cannot be done here on earth without the permission of man, you and I have to get involved. Hallelujah. We have to get what? We have to get involved. We have to get involved. We have to get involved. That is why Romans chapter 8, verse 24 says, We do not know how we should pray, but the Holy Spirit helps our infirmities. Hallelujah. Let me show you this scripture in Isaiah 59. Isaiah 59. See, I'm just about establishing my point, but <laughs> time. That's why we have to very soon we start week, weekly services. So that we start wherever we finish, we'll continue during the week, then we'll continue until we lay the proper foundations for these prayers. Isaiah 59, please go with me to Isaiah 59, verse 16. Isaiah 59, verse 16. Look at what the Lord said here. And he saw that there was no man, and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him, and his righteousness, it sustained him. You know what this, this is referring to? He said, there was no man and whether there was no an intercessor, there was no man to stand in the gap. That is why Jesus came as a man. There was no man to intercede for man. There was no man to plead for man. There was no man to pray for man. That is why Jesus came as a man. Do you understand that? Do you understand that? There was no man. God couldn't have interceded for man. Man needed to intercede for man. When man sinned against God, there was no man to intercede for man. Therefore, Jesus came. That's what the scripture, that's what Isaiah is saying here. Thank you, Jesus. 
Let me read it again for you to hear. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there were no intercessor. There was no intercessor. Therefore his arm brought salvation unto him. Did Jesus need salvation? Was God looking for salvation? To be saved from what? To be saved from what? He said his own hand brought him salvation and his righteousness sustained him. He has so much righteousness that his righteousness could not be drawn or consumed by the sin of mankind. That is why he gave us his righteousness. So you and I have to partner with Christ Jesus in his intercessory ministry. Hallelujah. We have to do what? We have to partner with Christ Jesus in his intercessory ministry. This is what the new covenant prayers is all about. The new covenant prayers is partnering with Christ Jesus in his intercessory ministry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Do you believe that? The new covenant prayers is what? Partnering with our Lord Jesus Christ in his intercessory ministry. And you will notice that his intercessory ministry is only divided into two types. One, praying for those who are yet to come into the kingdom and praying for those who are already were in the kingdom. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. So this is where, if, if you come to this understanding and you go into prayers, you see the Holy Ghost in action. You see the power of the Holy Ghost fall upon you. Watch here. When Jesus was about to be crucified in Luke 24, remember I've shared this over and over again. He said, if it is possible, let this car go pass over. But once Jesus yielded to the Holy Spirit, what happened? He said, not my will, but your will be done. What happened? The angel of God came and strengthened him. And he began to do what? To pray more earnestly. He began to pray. To the point that he sweat was like what? Drops of blood. Do you want to see the Holy Ghost in acting in your prayers? Yield to the will of God in prayers. Yield to his will. Yield to the intercessory ministry of Jesus Christ in prayers. Yield to the intercessory ministry of Jesus Christ in prayers. The Holy Ghost will manifest right there. In fact, your room will be too hot for any demon to enter there. You will be electrified with the power of God. Hallelujah. Amen. You will be what? You will be electrified with the power of God. Those who pray this prayer should not worry about the power of God. Most of the times our prayers are so, we are selfish prayers. Selfish prayers. The Lord is interceding for the church. The Lord is interceding for unbelievers. To come to the church, we have to partner with Him. That is the will of God in prayers. Hallelujah! That is why, if you are not filled with the Holy Ghost, you can't pray these prayers. Your prayer will be, Lord, my children, Lord, me and my children, Lord, me and my children, Lord, me and my children. Not, not even the wife, especially if the wife anoints him. He said, Don't mind, <laughs> leave that one in the wilderness. <laughs> In the valley of Pequah. <laughs> Hallelujah. 
this is where this is the difference between the New Testament believer and the Old Testament believer. Jesus is our intercessor. The Holy Spirit is our intercessor. They want to partner with us to pray for us and to pray for the unbelievers. Praise the Lord. Now let me use this few minutes. Let me show you something here. Remember Jesus is praying for us. Is that not it? Luke, uh, sorry, Romans chapter 8, verse 34. The Holy Ghost is praying for us. Let me show you the prayers they are praying for us. I'll just show you a few. Thank you, Jesus. Go with me to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4. The church has to change our minds. The new covenant believer. Is it Matthew 6 36? Seek ye for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will work. So you seek the kingdom of God by partnering with Jesus in prayers, by partnering with the Holy Ghost in prayers. That is how you seek the kingdom. Then all the things that you have been praying for. It will come to you. You don't have to pray for them. You are praying for souls. You are praying for other believers. You don't have the, you have no opportunity to pray for yourself. Colossians chapter 4. Are you there with me? Colossians chapter 4. Verse 12. If I, if I pray, who is one of you, a servant of Christ, salute to you, always laboring fervently for you in prayers, that you may stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. Did you see that? He said, this man, he has partnered, if I partnered with Christ Jesus in prayers. He partnered with the Holy Ghost in prayers. For who? For you. The church in Colossians. Laboring fervently in prayers that the believers, those who are born again, those who have made Jesus their Lord and Savior, they will stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. In all the will of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Watch here. If this one doesn't excite you, go to Galatians chapter 4. Verse 19 and 20. Galatians chapter 4, 19 and 20. The New Testament believer, what he should be praying for. <laughs> he says, My little children, of whom I travel in bed, again, until Christ is formed in you. So Paul and Ephraim, they, they partner with the Holy Ghost, they partner with Christ Jesus, praying for believers to stand perfect in the will of God. Paul is praying for the believers here that Christ will be formed in them. 
He said, if we don't pray these prayers, they will come to Christ all right. They will be born again all right. It will take and the devil will take them out. The devil will take them out because they are not established in the faith. You don't grow believers by preaching to them alone. You grow them by praying for them also. You grow them by praying for them also. If Abraham was praying that every Christian in Colossians will stand perfect in the will of God. They will stand perfect in the will of God. Paul is praying for the that Christ will be formed in the little ones that are born again. Hallelujah. That is the prayer, the New Testament prayer, believers should be praying. Pray that Christ will be formed in those who have just been born again. Praying that they will stand perfect in the will of God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Alright. Let me show you one other example and then we will go. Philippians chapter 1 verse 9. Philippians 1 verse 9. Let me read verse 8. For God is my record. How greatly I long after you all in voice of Christ Jesus. And this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Hallelujah. What was Paul praying for them here? Did you ever see a, did you, did you ever see the day Paul prayed that the devil have no access to these ones? He said, I pray that your love will abound more and more. Meaning that your love will, will grow more and more. So we partner with Christ Jesus to pray that the love of God will abound more and more in the life of every believer. Hallelujah. That is the intercession Jesus is making for you. That his love will grow in you more and more. Hallelujah. That is the prayer Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is praying that his love that is in your heart will grow more and more and more with no end, no limits. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No end, no limits. No end, no limits. I pray that your love may abound to abundance increase. Yet more and more in knowledge, not just increase, but increase in knowledge and in all judgments. Hallelujah. Because the love of God is not increased in us, we are quick to judge, we are quick to abandon, we are quick to give up on others because the love of God is not abandoned in us. Hallelujah. The love of God is not abandoned because we are not praying those prayers for others. We are not praying those prayers for others. Hallelujah. So let me tell you, in the new covenant, it is the will of God for us to partner with Jesus Christ and pray that the love of God will abound more and more in the love of every believer in our churches across the globe. That's the prayer we should pray for one another. Hallelujah. That's the prayer we should do what? We should pray for one another. And we saw Colossians chapter 4 verse 12. If a prayer was praying that believers in Colossians will stand perfect in the will of God. They will stand what? 
have faith in the will of God. When believers are walking in the will of God, there will be no need for warfare prayers. There will be no need for what? Warfare prayers. Personal warfare prayers. If they are going to do warfare prayers, is to take over cities, not for themselves. Because the new covenant believer has been delivered from the power of darkness, according to Colossians 1 13. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you excited? <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Let, let, let's go to Colossians again. I, 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 we need to read this. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. Sorry, 4 12. If a proud, one who is of you, a servant of Christ, salute you, always labor fervently for you in prayers, that you will stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. You will stand perfect and complete in all the will of God. That is the intercessory ministry of Christ Jesus right now for the believer. It is what the intercessory ministry of Christ Jesus for the believer. Because Romans chapter 8, verse 34, even Christ at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for us. Making intercession for what is interceding? In our case, he's not interceding for us for the judgment of God to be averted in us. No, he's interceding that we will stand perfect in his will. We will stand perfect in what? In his will. We will stand perfect in his will. Stand perfect and complete. Perfect and complete in all the will of God. Remember the prayer we pray for our members? Colossians chapter 1 verse 9. That God will feed them with the knowledge of his will. In all wisdom and spiritual understanding. You see, most believers, they don't, all the warfare prayers most believers are praying is lack of spiritual understanding. Spiritual understanding. So we have a duty to partner with Christ Jesus to pray for other believers to be filled with the knowledge of the will of God in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. We have a duty, a, a, a covenant responsibility to partner with Jesus to intercede for other believers that they will stand perfect and complete in the will of God. Hallelujah. We have a duty to stand with Christ Jesus in prayers. To pray that the love of Christ will overflow every believer. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 1 again. I want to repeat this so that it will sink into your mind, into your heart. And this I pray, that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Only can you take your mic and read it from Amplified Version? Philippians 1 9. Read it from Amplified Version. Let's see what the Amplified says there. Thank you, Jesus. Philippians 1 9. 9. And this I pray 
that your love may abound more and more, displaying itself in greater depth, in real knowledge and in practical insight. In real knowledge and what? Practical insight. Most believers don't have practical insight into the knowledge of God. They don't have practical insight concerning the love of God. They don't have practical insight into their salvation in Christ Jesus. They don't have practical insight into the righteousness and their holiness that is in Christ Jesus. So it is our duty to pray them into practical insight of who they are in Christ, what Christ has done for them, and how they should walk in Christ Jesus. It is our duty to pray for them. Hallelujah. It is our duty to pray for them. It is our duty to pray for them. That is why Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 going, Paul prayed that the eyes of the understanding will be enlightened. Hallelujah. That is the intercessory ministry of Christ Jesus for us. That is the intercessory ministry of Christ Jesus for us. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me give you this. We'll continue part two of this message. But remember Luke chapter 10 verse 12. It said, it said pray that the Father will send laborers into what? Into his harvest. So right there Jesus is interceding praying the Father together with us for laborers to be sent into his harvest field. How many of you remember Zachariah? This verse in Zachariah. Zachariah chapter 10 verse 1. It says, Ask ye the Lord for rain in the time of latter rain that the Lord will make bright clouds and cause a shower to come down. You know what that means? The letter ring is talking about the Holy Ghost. The letter ring is talking about what? The Holy Ghost. He said, ask the Lord rain. Ask the Lord rain. So now, in the intercession ministry of Jesus Christ, you will notice the pattern of prayers. Jesus said, wait for the promise of the Father. That is the letter ring. Hallelujah. The latter rain is what? The promise of the Father, the Holy Ghost. Jesus said in Luke chapter 11 verse 3, How much more shall your, shall your Father give who the Holy Ghost to those who ask? So Jesus himself is asking for the latter rain upon the church. Hallelujah. He's asking for what? The latter rain upon the church. So the church must partner with him for the outpouring of the latter rain. There's a lot of examples. Our time is up. I can't, we can't go to, we can't finish. Hallelujah. A lot of examples. But next week, we have to do part two of this message next week. Yes, Jesus is interceding for the church. Remember, he is the head. We are the body. Can you separate your head from your body? Because your head is somewhere talking, your body is somewhere. No. He's your head. He is the head, we are the body. So we are to partner with him. So what we are going to do next week is that we are going to be looking at the various 
New Testament prayers that we should engage in and stop asking for bread, stop asking for fish, stop, stop asking for uh, the other one is what? Bread, fish, and uh, what's the other one? He <laughs> said, if you ask for eggs, Egg. yeah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Let, 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 let's, let's leave. That is elementary school prayers. Elementary school what? Prayers. Let's enter into the intercessory ministry of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. 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 The main point I wanted to make today, we'll do it next week. But what I did today was to introduce you to the minister, the intercession minister of Jesus. He's interceding for two, group, two groups. One for the unbelievers. We'll talk about that next week. And one for we the believers. But when both prayer points, we have to be involved. We have to be what? Involved. In conclusion, let me share this testimony. There was an old man who was about to die. And the Lord led Hagar to this man. And the Lord opened the door for Hagar to minister Christ to this man. And that Hagar did not yield to that promptness. And then the opportunity came again. Hagar did not yield. The third time, Hagar did not yield. And that was how he lost the opportunity to minister to this man. Three days or a week later, I'm not sure how many days it took. Hagar was standing on the pulpit teaching like the way I'm teaching right now, preaching. And all of a sudden, I think they entered the prayers. They had a vision. He saw the man in her. He saw the man where? In her. The man was burning in her. And the Lord appeared to him. The Lord said, I gave you an opportunity for you to minister salvation to him and you refuse. And I'm going to hold you accountable for that soul. He said, I'm going to do what? I'm going to hold you accountable for that soul. And Hagen wept, cried. He said, he said he didn't preach, he didn't teach, he never told anybody what happened. He said, I'm going to hold you accountable. I'm going to hold you accountable. Now, the Lord was interceding for this soul not to go to hell. But he needed Hagen to complete the intercessory ministry. Hallelujah. Make no mistake. Souls cannot be saved today if we don't yield to Christ Jesus in his intercessory ministry. Lift up your voice and give God thanks. Well, we will continue part two next week in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Lift up your voice. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. Give him thanks. In the name of Jesus. Give him thanks.